Welcome to the Indigenous Learners Podcast, where every episode, the Indigenous Advanced Education and Skills Council asks Indigenous learners about their lived experiences furthering their educations. I'm your host, Naomi, hosting this Zoom interview from unceded Algonquin territory. In the first episode, of the podcast, I did talk a little bit about the Indigenous Advanced Education and Skills Council. And in today's episode, I'm going to be speaking directly with the executive director and chair of IASC, Lori Robinson. Lori has been the chair and executive director of IASC since it was established in 2018. And Lori was also a contributor to the development of the Indigenous Institutes Act of 2017 coming into being. I want to say miigwech to you for being here, Lori. Could you introduce yourself to the audience? Oh, thank you so much for inviting me here to be with you today, Naomi. And good afternoon to the audience listening. Ogimabanejik and Bishnakas, Hunters Point Donchba, North Bay Donda, Makwado Dem, Nishnabekwe and Dao. I'm Lori Robinson, and I'm really, really glad to be here today. Thanks so much for the invitation and the chance to talk a little bit about the work that I've been involved in. I'm super interested in involving students and learners as much as possible in this work. So really, really glad to join you today to share some information and also um, maybe to answer some questions. That's always fun. So the first question of the day is, why is the Indigenous Institutes Act of 2017 important? And what does this mean for students in Ontario? So from my experience and my awareness and the things I've learned about the experience of the nations of many Indigenous peoples in on Turtle Island, um, by and large, no matter where you look, no matter what you read, you will find that the experience of our peoples has largely been less than positive. Mm -hmm. The importance of this act, this provincial piece of legislation in the province of Ontario means that there is an opportunity now. The importance of the act is if you imagined education to be a bundle, something that you're holding in your hand, something wrapped in a blanket, and you imagine that to be education, then you don't have to think very far or look too far to see the impact that the education system has had on our people. That bundle that I'm talking about was taken it was forcibly taken from our people, from our families, from our ancestors, from our parents, and something else replaced it. Someone else's form of teaching and learning and um, ways of looking at the world, also known as worldview. What the Indigenous Institutes Act of 2017 does, it puts in place the opportunity and the accompanying means that we need to develop to return that bundle for institutes and those First Nations who 
own those institutes, they have that bundle now. They have the opportunity to take that bundle and build once again. In our languages, in our cultural traditions, but more importantly, in our worldview. Worldview includes our ways of knowing, doing, and being. It is no longer a crime. It is no longer seen as anything bad to think in those ways anymore. The act provides the opportunity for the development of a higher education system of training that comes from our worldview that reflects who we are and what we see. That for me, I think is significant. I, that for me, I believe is very, very important. You see, typically with legislation or law, law creates something. This law, however, does a very important thing. It recognizes that these indigenous institutes are owned by their communities. It recognizes that the Indigenous Advanced Education Skills Council is independent and is independently owned and operated. Partnership is now possible. I'm not aware of any other acts like that in the world. It's an interesting topic to look into. I mean, I would love to sit down with some up and coming young scholars and, you know, uh, engage them in this conversation and maybe invite them to do a little bit of research, have a look at what else is out there. But uh, that I'm aware of, this is one of the only jurisdictions on the globe that has uh, taken a step like this. So um, very, very exciting, a marked change in time, I would say, for relations between, um, you know, First Nations people and, and a provincial government. So in the experience of perhaps yourself, maybe some of your listeners, for those of us who are Indigenous, in my case, I'm um, Algonquin, my experience in um, the schools that I attended, I would say, uh, really didn't recognize or appreciate that I was Algonquin. In other words, um, lots of... Um, racism. Definitely. I experienced racism for the first time at school. And I think, you know, at the time I was too young to really understand what was happening, but it wasn't fun. And why do you think that's something students experience so much? Perhaps the current education system may not always look at children through the worldview and through the lens that I have learned, our Algonquin worldview sees children. And what I mean by that is this, in our worldview, a child is viewed as a gift, you know, something that was alive before being in this, in their physical being right now and will continue to exist. Spirit, in other words, this is just a physical form of our spirits. And, in that way, um, we're here to guide, to help, to mentor, to help them be their very best that they can be so that they can take care of themselves, they can help to take care of their communities and contribute to what we call the continuance of life. As far as I know, 
Indigenous people weren't invited to that table to sit down when that education system was introduced and asked what they felt uh, their children would need to know. So in other words, it was forced upon and didn't involve the participation, in some cases, even the acknowledgement, um, any of that of, of our way of being. And so, you know, families and children have to conform to that to a large extent. And, you know, I, I, I want to try to bring this back to the positive side and what it means for students. And I think the opportunity to develop programming, the opportunity to offer education in a setting that um, promotes the furtherance of indigenous values, known, ways of knowing, doing, being is really, really critical. I also think that it's necessary inside of our own ways of looking at the world, our scientific views, our ways of living with the land. There are many answers there that can address issues that we face today, such as climate change, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a tremendous opportunity to do differently. And I also think it's a chance for students when they walk into the building, when they walk into an Indigenous Institute and feel good, know that they're welcome. Know that just by the fact that they showed up, that they're successful. Miigwech for providing some context as to how the Indigenous Institutes Act of 2017 impacts learners in Ontario. My other question for you is, what does I ask the Indigenous Advanced Education Skills Council have to do with all of this? The Act recognizes that Indigenous institutes are First Nation owned and controlled. It also recognizes that the Indigenous Advanced Education Skills Council is Indigenous owned and controlled. Very, very important. Um, the role that the council has is only one part of what we might call the Indigenous Institutes pillar. Because in the pillar, you have the institutes, you have students, you have communities, and the council has a role to play. Our role is to assure students and their communities that their institute is of the highest quality. And when we talk about quality, the first thing you probably think of are standards to know whether or not it's of good quality. So the role of the council then is as best we can, informed by indigenous worldviews, informed by members of the communities owned by the institutes, we must develop standards and benchmarks rooted and based in our worldviews. And then when we start getting into program areas, the development of standards and benchmarks become very, very important there as well. And what I'm really excited about is the work that we are contributing now as a very young council, just four years old, is only the start. We are at the start of a very exciting time in Indigenous higher education. Because you see, you and I are having this conversation in English today. I said a few words in, in uh, Algonquin, but isn't that going to be a great day when we can have this conversation in Algonquin? 
the entire conversation. That's the work of the council. Someday they are going to be looking at this work and talking about it in our own languages. I think that's fantastic. I think that's opening up an entire new world, an entire new way of looking at the world. So too then will the assuring of quality, it's likely going to change. The more speakers we have, the more we spread our knowledge, the more it becomes our way of living and operating and functioning in the world for our communities. My role, I get to be on the front end, just here to open a few doors. And I really, really encourage young people to keep going to school, learn your language. Um, you know, just there's there's so much fun. I think that um, the, we need more young people involved in this work because the future looks really, really bright. And I'm I could do a better job of selling that, I know, but uh, uh, hopefully a few of your listeners are are keyed in and thinking about about some of that. I'm sure they are because you're certainly giving me a lot to think about. My next question for you is, how does IASC engage with learners attending these institutes? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, part of our responsibilities as laid out by the Act is to do something and that is called protection of student interests. So this this is um, actually in the legislation. And, and what exactly does that mean, protecting student interest? In our culture, the individual is part of a community. So your roles and responsibilities to your family and to your community become very important. So you're seen as a part of a whole, not isolated, right, as, as an individual. And so part of our role at the council is to think about that. How do you protect student interest? And in order to understand that, we need to hear from young people. We need to learn from their experiences, which is why I love this podcast initiative so much. I think the more we can reach out to the students at the different institutes, uh, the more participation we can get, the more we can hear from people, then we are that much further along in being informed, in learning more, and maybe in digging a little bit deeper. Um, I think that there are many, many stories out there, many, many experiences that we have to learn from. So what we do, Naomi, is accepting that information. Think about that in relation to the standards and benchmarks we're putting in place to assure quality. Um, one of the initiatives that we undertook in 2019 was the uh, Indigenous Advanced Education Skills Council. We held what I believe was the very first gathering of students from Indigenous institutes in Ontario. We invited uh, students from each institute to come together for a day and a half, but we heard from them firsthand about what they appreciate about their experience, what it means to them. Um, they talked, they had a lot of good advice actually. I believe there's a video on our website, so www.iaesc.ca. There is a video on there that shows you some snippets. 
I know that there are many, many other students out there that we need to learn from, and we'd like to continue doing that. Our organization has put into place a process that we, uh, you know, call a dialogue process, which is really our way of being informed by and working with our communities and students. Miigwech, Lori, for taking the time to come and sit with me and explain a little bit about your important work at the Indigenous Advanced Education and Skills Council. Miigwech to you and your whole team. I hope we can do a part two of this interview because I've definitely been left with a lot to think about and I'm sure I can think of a few more questions. All right. Well, thank you very much, Naomi. I'm so glad to be part of your series. I really enjoyed the conversation today and I look forward to hearing more and learning more and encourage lots of other young people to get involved. Appreciate the time that you gave me here today to share the little that I know and some of the experiences I have. So uh, miigwech, 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 miigwech.